Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I said, we must be cautious to claim that God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to... We've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice of the desert. Now, here's Kristen. And hello, everyone. You are listening to The Fertile Show on KVXL 101.1 FM from Liberty Baptist Church. We're located at 6501 West Lake Mead Boulevard. If you are here in the city, we would love to have you join us for services on Sunday at 930 or 11, 15, or 6 p.m., or Wednesday at 7 p.m. There are so many options for you and your family to be here and uh, be part of what God is doing with us. All right, so, oh my goodness, so much news today. If you want to talk to me, you can find me on Twitter at The Frittle. If you want to email us, it's radio at expansedliberty.com. If you want to call us to talk about the crazy things happening in the world today, you can dial 702-647-4522. Six four seven four five two two. All right. So yesterday, the Supreme Court hands down a ruling by a vote of five to three. Which, interestingly, since uh, Justice Scalia's passing, only one Supreme Court decision has been decided by one vote. So there wouldn't have been a sway in either direction. And that was uh, on the affirmative action. That was the one that was decided by one vote this session. Interestingly, as for yesterday's uh, big decision on abortion, Mr. Trump has not commented on the ruling as of yet, as far as I know. Uh, Meanwhile, Hillary Clinton is, of course, hailing the decision as a, quote, major victory, unquote, for women. Not baby women, obviously. Baby women don't count women enough to have rights. Only the women that want to kill baby women, they're the ones that have rights, I guess. I don't know. It's so confusing when life is no longer life and the most American of principles that all life is created equal and worthy of protection. When we throw that out the window, it just, then we, I mean, We've abandoned moral absolutes, and this is what happens. Ted Cruz, though, he, he, he posted this on Facebook, a really just, I think, a really good, short, succinct summary. No one is better at Cruz than this. And Cruz is actually, he's called Planned Parenthood the biggest threat that we face in the past. One of the strongest pro-life advocates that I think we have in Washington, D.C. DC today, and he said the SCOTUS ruling, SCOTUS is the acronym for the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court ruling in Whole Women's Health versus Hellerstedt is profoundly disappointing. Texas enacted HB2's common sense health standards to ensure that women receive safe care. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court sided with abortion extremists who care more about providing abortion on demand than they do protecting women's health. The decision will not silence our fight to protect the most helpless and innocent among us, nor will we cease our efforts to protect women from an abortion industry that prioritizes profit margins over improving the safety and health of Texas women. We will continue to stand resolutely to defend unborn life because we know that every life is a gift from God, and without life, there is no 
liberty. Well said. So basically what the Supreme Court has done is they struck down a Texas state law that required abortion clinics to adhere to the same health codes as outpatient facilities and that all abortionists must have hospital admitting privileges. Personally, I don't think that seems outrageous. I think if you're dealing with women in this manner and we know that abortion is dangerous, why would want the same care to be provided at an abortion clinic as at an outpatient facility? Why would you not want an abortion clinic to have hospital admitting privileges? I mean, it's not like just some little procedure that's no big deal. No, this is, there's, I mean, the chance of infection, of complications. It blows my mind that the Supreme Court would say, no, Texas, you don't know what you're talking about when you want women to be able to have the same kind of care that they would receive at an outpatient facility. Unreal. But the court argued and ruled that Texas's laws were in contention with a 1992 Supreme Court ruling, in the case of Casey, uh, in which the Supreme Court had determined that laws restricting abortions can't place an undue burden on a woman that um, was seeking an abortion. I, I don't see how requiring abortion clinics to adhere to the same health code as outpatient facilities and have the abortion clinic have hospital admitting privileges, how does that affect the woman seeking an abortion? How does that place an undue burden on her? I do not understand at all how the Supreme Court reached this point and this decision. Justice Clarence Thomas, I'd say is now the strongest conservative voice we have left on the court, I mean, he just ripped apart this ruling and his dissent. It is so good. You should go and read it today. If you care about life, if you care about liberty, go read what Justice Clarence Thomas wrote. Really good stuff. But uh, I'm just going to read you a few of his uh, quotes from his dissent because they're just they're so good. He said, Today's opinion does resemble Casey in one respect. After disregarding significant aspects of the court's prior jurisprudence, Majority applies the undue burden standard in a way that will surely mystify lower courts for years to come. So what is he saying there? He's essentially saying our ruling is ridiculous and our interpretation of undue burden is more confusing than possibly anything else we've ever said or written. He said, moreover, by second-guessing medical evidence and making its own assessments of quality of care issues, the majority reappoints this court as the country's ex-officio medical board with powers to disapprove medical and operative practices and standards throughout the United States. And the majority seriously burdens states, which must guess at how much more compelling their interests must be to pass muster and what common-sense inferences of an undue burden this court will identify next. He's like, yo, guys. Guess what? We're not actually doctors. Maybe we shouldn't be telling <laughs> medical facilities what standards are or aren't enough for them. He also said the illegitimacy, illegitimacy of using made-up tests to displace long-standing national traditions as the primary determinant of what the Constitution means has long been apparent. The Constitution does not prescribe tiers of scrutiny, 
The three basic tiers, rational basis, intermediate, and strict scrutiny, are no more scientific than their names suggest. And a further element of randomness is added by the fact that it is largely up to us which test will be applied in each case. But the problem now goes beyond that. If our recent cases illustrate anything, it is how easily the court tinkers with levels of scrutiny to achieve its desired results. A.K.A. We don't care about the Constitution anymore. We're just doing whatever we want in order to get whatever result we want. I mean, the man just <laughs> rips these five justices apart. He continued, Likewise, it is now easier for the government to restrict judicial candidates' campaign speech than for the government to define marriage, even though the former is subject to strict scrutiny and the latter was supposedly subject to some form of rational basis review. The court has simultaneously transformed judicially created rights, like the right to abortion, into preferred constitutional rights, while disfavoring many of the rights actually enumerated in the Constitution. But our Constitution renounces the notion that some constitutional rights are more equal than others. A plaintiff either possesses the constitutional right he is asserting or not. And if not, the judiciary has no business creating ad hoc exceptions so that others can rights that seem especially important to vindicate. A law either infringes a constitutional right or not. There is no room for the judiciary to invent tolerable degrees of encroachment. Translation. Just because you make up what you think should be something that you should have a right to does not mean that that made-up right is something that the Constitution says that you actually have a right to. Our law is now so riddled with special exceptions for special rights that our decisions deliver, deliver neither predictability nor the promise of a judiciary bound by the rule of law. It's like we just keep giving people more rights that our founders never intended. Why are we doing this? There's no... <laughs> I love... There's... That our decisions deliver neither predictability nor the promise of a judiciary bound by the rule of law. Wow. And then he said, Today's decision will prompt some to claim victory, just as it will stiffen opponents' will to object. But the entire nation has lost something essential. The majority's embrace of a jurisprudence of rights-specific exceptions and balancing tests is a regrettable concession of defeat, an acknowledgement that we have passed the point where law, properly speaking, has any further application. Wow. Wow. Seriously, go read the whole thing. This man, and now there's talk that he might actually retire, possibly before the next uh, president is elected and or shortly into the next president's term. I mean, Justice Thomas has made it clear in the past that he doesn't intend to serve on the court until until death. He'd like to enjoy some retirement at some point. And having already lost Scalia, when we lose Justice Thomas, I mean, the man can write a dissent like nobody else. It is so, so good. The man's love for the Constitution is incredible. His understanding and interpretation and application of the law I believe that he is closer to what the founders intended for us to have as a Supreme Court justice than 
possibly anyone else that served on the court during my lifetime. I thank God for Justice Thomas. Remember to pray for our Supreme Court justices. You know, a lot of times we remember to pray for our, the president and the vice president, and maybe even our local officials that we know and our senators. How often do we think about praying for Supreme Court justices, though? And sadly, though this is not the way the founders intended it, it's often the Supreme Court which is now guiding and directing and legislating from the bench, quite frankly. They are making laws, they are interpreting laws, they are even rewriting laws. They need our prayer. But, you know, Mrs. Clinton is hailing this decision as a, as a great victory for women. Planned Parenthood is hailing this decision as a great victory for women. Do you know who founded Planned Parenthood? Do you know what her name is? Do you know anything about her? Can I fill you in? Her name is Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. And Margaret Sanger, not, not a cool lady. She was actually um, both racist, and I believe she was a supporter of the Nazi party. Let's, let's read a few of the things that she said once upon a time, shall we? She said, our objective is, this is the founder of Planned Parenthood, she said, our objective is unlimited sexual gratification without the burden of unwanted children. Women must have the right to live, to love, to be lazy, to be an unmarried mother, to create, to destroy. The marriage bed is the most degenerative influence in the social order. The most merciful thing that a family does to one of its infant members is to kill it. Again, that's not a quote from Hitler. That's a quote from the founder of Planned Parenthood. But that's not just like, you know, she once upon a time said something crazy. You know, here's another one. She said, we should hire three or four colored ministers, preferably with social service backgrounds and with engaging personalities. The most successful educational approach to the Negro is through a religious appeal. We don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. And the minister is the man who can straighten out that idea if it ever occurs to any of their more rebellious members. The woman literally said that her goal was to exterminate the black population in the United States. That's the founder of Planned Parenthood, people. That's not Hitler. It's the founder of Planned Parenthood, the organization that your tax dollars fund. Their full, whole purpose was to exterminate the black population and make marriage not so much of an inconvenience so that women wouldn't have to worry about that little thing called children. Not exactly cool. But we have to take a break right now. We're going to play... What are we going to play? I'm sorry, my computer is having issues today. It's ornery. It thinks it's Monday, except it's not. It's Tuesday. But it's acting like it's Monday. So, let's play... Here we go. Mother's Prayer from Keith and Kristen Getty. We'll be back in just a minute. And that was Keith and Kristen Getty with a Mother's Prayer. You're listening to KVXL 100.1 FM in Las Vegas. We're just going to continue where we left off with Margaret Sanger. Uh, Hope is here to discuss with us. We're going to start there, and then we'll talk about some less uh, less heavy things this Tuesday morning. Hi, Hope. How are you? Happy Tuesday. Thank you. No one's wished me a happy Tuesday yet. Well, I would like to wish you and the entire Las Vegas Valley a happy Tuesday. What if someone's listening outside of Vegas? If they're listening in like Utah or Botswana, 
Do we have any people listening in Botswana? We may. Hi, people in Botswana. <laughs> I like the. I like Botswana. You just like saying it. I really do. <laughs> it's like Timbuktu. Yes, which is a real place. Yes, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't understand. So no. they make fun of it and they call it like Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. But it's something. actually legit. Yeah. Also, people don't know that David Livingston, who basically discovered and charted and mapped all of Africa, was actually a missionary. They don't know that? I don't think a lot of people do. Wow. Cause that's the because only thing think about it, if you're learning about it in school, what are they true. not going to tell you? That he was a missionary. Right. He's just an explorer. And that his heart was ripped out and buried in Africa and his body was taken and then shipped to England and buried with his family. Why? Yes. Because his heart was in Africa because he cared for the people there. Yes. Unlike Margaret Sanger, who did not care for African children American or... People. Exactly. That's really she, sad. So, okay, so this woman was born. We're talking about this today because the Supreme Court, I'm not sure if you saw this yesterday, the Supreme Court basically overturned a Texas state law that required abortion clinics to have uh, the same health code as uh, outpatient facilities and mm-hmm. also required them to have admittance privileges to a local hospital. Seems very reasonable. Mm-hmm. You would think if you're going to have a procedure like this that y- these are necessary and good requirements. Yeah. Supreme Court said no that conflicts makes it an undue burden on a woman. How? I don't have any idea. But anyway, so I'm talking about Margaret Sanger today a little bit because I think it's important that people understand the one of the biggest driving forces behind the abortion industry was Margaret Sanger. She founded mm-hmm. Planned Parenthood. She founded the American Birth Control League. She founded the International Planned Parenthood Federation. Okay. This woman was born in New York. She was born in 1879. She died in 1966, right? So one of the things that she said, and if you look up her quotes, it's just outrageous, but she said, a free race cannot be born of slave mothers. But the woman wasn't even born until 1879. Slavery had already begun in the United States 14 years before. She's just a flat-out racist. That's so crazy. It really is. She she also said, as an advocate of birth control, I wish to point out the unbalance between the birth rate of the unfit and the fit. Admittedly, the greatest present menace to civilization can never be rectified by the, by the inauguration of a cradle competition between these two classes. In this matter, the example of the inferior classes, the fertility of the feeble-minded, the mentally defective, the poverty-stricken classes, should not be held up for emulation. On the contrary, the most urgent problem today is how to limit and discourage the overfertility of the mentally and physically defective. Well, who determined who was mentally and physically defective? Didn't you just say a couple quotes ago before I was in here that it was for the black population? Yes. Mm-hmm. So And so she, she just decided that. What's amazing is most Americans, they go through and they'll say things about um, conservatives being the people who are the racists, the conservatives are the ones who are the white supremacists and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. But if, if you honestly go throughout history, you look, and even if you go through today and what's going on now, the conservatives are the ones who really are fighting for the minorities. But the minorities don't understand that because they don't let themselves understand that because sure. the democratic voice is so loud. You have the voices of a few um, shouting people mm-hmm. determine the way that you're thinking. And it's so very important, no matter what decision you're making, that you're very educated about the outcome of the decision, about the process of the decision, 
of whatever you're doing. You know, abortion is a very, very, very sad plague that that is going on in our country right now. And the reason I say it's a plague is because I honestly think it it's consuming the minds and the lives of so many young people, and they have no clue what it actually is. They have no clue what the procedure actually is. They have no clue what's going on inside of their body. They have no clue anything about about the whole growing of a human inside of them that's just so cool and so unique and so amazing um and they look at it as if it's some type of shame or or having a child is something that they should that they shouldn't be caring about but the truth is that's all that really matters in life is the fact that you're being the type of parent you're being the type of mother the type of father to the next generation that will raise the next generation to be a successful generation and uh, so many so many people think oh it's not a big deal oh what what is abortion they don't even care because they don't they think they hear the voices of the people who are yelling this is my body this is my choice but they have no they they have they don't hear the little voices that are inside the wombs that can't speak for themselves that are saying ouch this hurts why is my mommy letting me be ripped apart limb from limb? Why is my mommy injecting me with a serum that's literally burning me to death? I don't understand. They don't they don't understand that there are two voices in that body. Mm-hmm. One saying this is my body, this is my choice, and the other one saying, "Ow, why was my leg just ripped from my body?" Yeah. The one that's screaming inside the womb. It it's sad and it's sick, but it's it's reality. It's truth. It is, and it's it's so sad and it's so disturbing. And I think what's sad too is, as you were saying, you know, the loudest voices are the ones that get listened to. And what's interesting is that, you know, oftentimes it's leftists that are screaming about how we must listen to science. We must listen to science. We must listen to science. And we're told we have to accept science on all these different things. Whether or not we like it. But then when it comes to things like the life of a child, an unborn mm-hmm. child, or even we could get into um, transgender transgenderism, but that's a whole other topic. It's, it's not even an argument about science anymore mm-hmm. because you can't say we need to go with science and not recognize that that heart is beating, that that is a person. But, uh, you know, back to Margaret Sanger, though, it wasn't even... Her big thing was abortion, but she was also the founder of, I can't remember what it, what, what did I say it was called? Um, the American Birth Control League. Like, mm-hmm. her big thing was birth control and abortion. Abortion wasn't good enough. Birth control was a thing. And I think we've, we've gotten so far away from understanding the history of why things are the way they are and why things were created. You know, we just look at birth control today and we're like, oh, we need to give 12-year-olds birth control because we need to help them take care of their bodies and blah, blah, blah. No. Margaret Sanger was the main proponent of birth control in the modern birth control movement. Mm -hmm. Why? She said birth control must lead ultimately to a cleaner race. That was the whole purpose for birth control as we know it today. Was to, to exterminate what Margaret Sanger viewed as a lesser race. 
She said, uh, one fundamental fact alone indicates the necessity of birth control if eugenics is to accomplish its purpose. Before eugenicists and others who are laboring for racial betterment can succeed, they must first clear the way for birth control. Like the advocates of birth control, the eugenicists, for instance, are seeking to assist the race toward the elimination of the unfit. And the government should give certain dysenic groups, those with, quote, bad genes, unquote, in our population, their choice of segregation or sterilization. That's so sick. This is the founder of Planned Parenthood. This was her mission. This was her goal. Mm-hmm. Hitler could have said any of these things. Yep. They are what Hitler did. Yep. She was trying to do, in many ways, exactly what Hitler did, but instead of going out and rounding people up at gunpoint, mm-hmm. her plan was birth control and abortion. Yeah, kill she them said when they can't fight back. Exactly. Kill them when they can't scream back. That's yep. That's what they're... That's what she was. That was her goal. And if you look at if you look at it, she accomplished it. She she personally, because of founding Planned Parenthood, mm-hmm. has been one of the causes that has caused thousands upon thousands and thousands upon millions of people to die. Yeah. Even more people than Hitler ever killed. Mm-hmm. Her foundation has killed. So sh- in a reality, she is worse than his Hitler. And in reality, she has succeeded far beyond Hitler ever did. And it's just sad. It really is. So I want to get in one more quote from her before we go, just because I think it's so important that people understand who this woman was. And when we talk about Planned Parenthood, you need to understand why Planned Parenthood was founded. It's Mm -hmm. not enough to simply look at it and say, oh, they provide women's health services. Well, actually, no, they don't. Mm -hmm. They provide abortion services. That is what Planned Parenthood does. They do some other things, but by far and away, their main profit is on abortion. And Margaret Sanger said, hordes of people are born who live yet who have done absolutely nothing to advance the race one iota their lives are hopeless repetitions such human weeds clog up the path drain up the energies and the resources of this little earth we must clear the way for a better world we must cultivate our garden now it is interesting though at the time uh, when margaret sanger was most uh, um, pushing her agenda it was illegal to pass out birth control devices, so she was actually thrown in prison at one oh point wow. because at that time it was illegal. But that's what she was fighting for. Today, if she was doing this, and today she is, hailed as a women's rights feminist hero. It's so sad. It really is. It's so sad that you will have people who who will go and they will, they'll talk about her. They'll do reports on her. They'll do, you know, mm-hmm. because she is a hero. Yeah. And... They will talk about how fantastic and wonderful she is, but in reality, they'll have no idea that she is the reason millions are dead, or that um, that that she ultimately would probably want them dead. Yeah, no, she was a eugenicist, an elitist, and a racist Nazi. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that's just literally what she was, and a Democrat. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, so that just, it makes me, I feel like whenever I talk about abortion issues and Margaret Sanger, I just want to flip tables over like Jesus in the temple. It mm-hmm. makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. And if we don't change topics, I'm just going to have a bad day because I'm going to be mad all day. Okay. So we're going to change topics. Let's do it. Because Crystal doesn't want to be mad Let's all day. Let's talk about something silly. Even though it's righteous anger. Let's talk about something fun. Okay, let's talk about something fun. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Maine's governor, Governor LePage. In Maine, they eat lobster. 
they do. Lobsters have little like pincer things. They will claws. Yeah. Yes. <gasps> I saw this thing on Facebook the other day. No. It's in Maine. <laughs> and it's true. It's in Maine. And in Maine, there's this like grilled cheese lobster fast food restaurant. So they take the lobsters and then they kill them, which is not very nice. But they have to kill them so that way they can get the meat. And then they take the lobster meat and then they like they cut it up into little small bite places things and then they put it on a piece of bread and then they put like four different types of cheese and then they put the lobster inside the bread and then they put like clam stuff on it and then they eat it and oh my soul the video on facebook looked fantastic it made me think it was almost as good as that video of the one in where there's this like ultimate cheese place have you seen that video no i have that. they have like okay you know how like you see pictures of cheese and it's kind of like those big round circle wheel looking things yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm yes. talking about okay <laughs> so there's this place and i don't know what they're called they're big round circle wheel thingies so there's this place in new york where they have those big round circle wheel thingies and they take the cheese and they put them under the heaters and so you order your food and it's like a normal food you know you go and you're like i want chicken and potatoes and broccoli mm -hmm. or chicken and rice and beans whatever you can afford it okay. and then they're like okay here's your food and then they're like do you want any cheese on that and obviously obviously you, yes yes it's like when you're at olive garden and they're like would you like any cheese and they do like one oh no and you're like have the greater and I'll yeah. give it back. No, it's done. way better. It's gone. Way better. Way better than Olive Garden. Way okay. better. All right. Because you go there and then they're like, like the whole reason to go to this restaurant in New York is because of the, of cheese. the cheese. It is. Like, that's the whole reason. So then, obviously, if you went there and you ordered something, you're like, no, I don't want any cheese. I'm lactose intolerant. Then they're going to be like, why are you in my restaurant? So when they're like, do you want any cheese on that? You're like, yes. So they bring out their cheese. And there's, like, different types of cheeses and stuff. Hmm. But their cheese is, like, real cheese, right? Yes. But they put on this, like, burner thing so that way it's all melty. And then they take the big, like, circle tube wheel round thingy of cheese. And then they just scrape off. And you can see the melting cheese. And it looks like almost like it's butter. But it melts off and it goes right onto the potatoes. And it, like goes everywhere on the chicken and all of the stuff yep. that you ordered it the cheese is on yeah looks fantastic i i'm pretty sure the cheese that comes in a circle is just called a cheese wheel oh see i knew it was a wheel something yeah, it's not a, but we don't it's not usually referred to as a wheel of cheese it's just called a cheese, cheese wheel cheese wheel 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 like on a t like on a yeah, tire like yeah. a wheel yeah like a wheel but so anyway so back to me where the lobsters up. are which led to the cheese in New York. Um, Lobsters. Oh. No, 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 no. We're going to talk about this because I have to get another story before you go. And if I oh. don't, if we don't talk about it, then we won't get to the other story, which is the one I really want to talk about. Okay. So, the governor of Maine is threatening to halt their food stamp program because of a sugar crackdown. Because people aren't eating enough lobsters? Wait, what? A sugar crackdown? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're mm -hmm. not letting them have sugar? Well, okay, so here's the thing. So the governor of Maine is like, look, I want to put a ban on candy and sugary drinks being allowed to be something that you can use food stamps for in my state. Okay. And the Obama administration was like, well, then, um, 
guess what? We're not going to fund your food stamp program, so you're going to do it yourself. And the governor of Maine is like, uh, no, my ban is a common sense proposition. He said, look at our obesity and diabetes rates. He said, look, I'm going to implement reform myself or I'll just stop administering food stamps altogether. He said, it's time for the federal government to wake up and smell the energy drinks. The Obama administration goes to great lengths to police the menus of K through 12 grade cafeterias, but looks the other way as billions of taxpayer dollars finance a steady diet of Mars Dews and Mountain no Mars bars and Mountain Dew. I can think of only one reason why the federal government would refuse to eliminate junk food from the EBT menu: special interests. The governor also noted that 31 percent of Mainers eat the recommended amount of vegetables. He said that taxpayers are also paying the consequences of poor eating habits because most SNAP recipients also receive Medicaid. So he's like, look, we're paying for this and then we're paying for it again when people that are using food stamps are then going and using our health care facilities. Exactly. And they don't have insurance, so then we're paying for it again. No, I think that's genius. I honestly think, I think personally, like WIC and welfare, they like welfare trust and things sure. like that, those should be, those really should be for the Broccoli. That's what I eat. I barely ever buy a bag of chips. No one in my family. Except like when they're coming to my house. Exactly. When they're going, and that's a party. That's right. Because we, yeah. Once every three weeks, I'm gonna go hang out with Crystal, so you're gonna get a bag of chips. You know. And dip. And dip. Don't forget the dip. Yes. It's very important. But I don't expect the government to pay for that. I don't personally. I don't expect the government to pay for anything. But if there's, if they're sitting there. Yes, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you making fun of me? Nope. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm not expecting the government to pay for anything, but I have the I, I, for people who are expecting the government to pay for that for them, why should the government pay for luxuries like right. chips, sure. like candy, like soda? Those are luxuries. I mean, honestly, having vegetables at every meal. In America, that's a luxury, but it should be what yeah. is going on. Well, and, and the governor's right. Like, I think he has a great point. Oh, He's yeah. like, look, you're making us pay for this twice. People will be healthier if they eat less sugar. Exactly. That's just how it is. They should be, and they should be eating. They should be eating. They should be eating broccoli, green beans, cauliflower. And he's not saying, and that's the thing, he's not saying he wants to eliminate food stamps or that things yes. like the programs should go away. He's saying, look, let me run this in a way that's more efficient, that's going yeah. to save us money, and that's going to be better for the people that are receiving these mm-hmm. benefits. And the Obama administration is like, no. And he's like, well, then, food stamps are going to end in my state altogether. How do you like that? Yeah. Wow. Talk about strict dad. Go, go, Governor, go. Okay, so here's the story I really wanted to talk to you about. Are you okay. ready? Is it about is it about chickens and, and mushrooms? No. I love this headline. Okay, no, no, no. I saw this food video. Oh. I saw this food video. Hijacking where, my show. Where, where they made cupcakes inside of of ice cream cones. That's it. Keep going. That just does not sound right at all. It was so cute. They were little cupcakes in there inside of ice cream cones. And no. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Here's the headline. Uh-huh. <coughs> Woman calls 911. So far, it's kind of sad. Yeah. But wait. Okay. To report that she's being held hostage. Oh, very sad. Very sad. But wait, there's okay. more. So I'm going to read the whole headline now. Ready? Okay. Woman calls 911 to report she's being held hostage by her cat. 
are you laughing at this? This is a very serious matter. Okay, because here's what she actually said on the 911 call. She said, <coughs> this is going to sound like a strange question, but we have a cat and it's going crazy and it attacked my husband and we're kind of hostage in our house and we're just wondering who do we call to do something to get rid of the cat or to come help us. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, your dog has never held you hostage. My no. Freedom, freedom, like if I'm leaving, like today I was leaving, I put him out in the back, I got him some water, I got him food, and I was leaving, and he could tell that I was leaving, yeah. so he grabbed my shoes and was like pulling on my shoes, like, don't leave me, don't leave me. Okay, do you think that's a situation in which you need to call 911? Yes, I did <laughs> this morning. <laughs> my really dog is doing on my shoelaces, he weighs like 10 pounds, and I don't know what to do. He isn't fat, he weighs like 20 pounds. <laughs> My dog is adorable. Can I tell you guys about it? No, I shouldn't. Let's keep going. No. The cat was turned over to the Milwaukee Area Domestic Animal Control Commission, and fortunately, no she one was seriously hurt in the away. incident. She had her cat literally put away? Yeah, the cat was taken away, for Dude. real, because it was holding the family hostage. That's insane. How does a cat hold you hostage? I mean, seriously, I know that cats are evil creatures. Cats are evil. In my personal opinion. Yes. If dogs go to heaven, then cats surely go to hell. And I'm sorry if you're a cat lover, but that's just my personal belief. It's in the new revised international message version. I, I read it somewhere. I have it in Second Hezekiah 37:11. I don't think you should have said that. You don't think so? On recording. <laughs> so sad. <laughs> now all the cats that are listening are now thinking, "Oh, they've been triggered. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> offended." <laughs> no. Okay. Well. Kids, if you're listening, this is would be a great opportunity after the show. Talk with mom and dad about what happens to animals when they die. That is very true. <coughs> my Congrats, mom, mom and dad. You're welcome. My, you want to hear what my mom said whenever I was little? Uh, well, I think that we should let parents talk to their own children about it without our further commenting so we don't do further <laughs> damage. Also, we won't talk about Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. But I do want to just let everyone know the Easter Bunny does not lay eggs. Bunnies are mammals. Mammals do not lay eggs. Wow. You just crushed that. Tooth mm. fairies. Now tell no no please tell me about tooth fairies. Well see what happens with tooth fairies. Did you never see the movie? Here's how it works with tooth fairies. If you say you don't believe in tooth fairies, then you have to go serve a sentence in tooth fairy world and you actually become a tooth fairy for a period are of two to three weeks. Are you talking about that one movie where the girl, it's the girl movie, it's a girl, right? Not the movie I'm talking about. Oh. There's like a whole documentary on how the tooth fairy thing works. And there's hockey and Vin Diesel and it's... Oh, I don't think yeah. I ever watched that one. There's this other movie about tooth fairies. No, but so I'm explaining how it works. Okay. So when you become a tooth fairy and they give you wings and this like anti-cat stuff, that's what this lady needed. She just has to become a tooth fairy, and then she can blow this little tooth fairy horn at the cat, and it will break wings. But anyway, so they give you, like, the whole supply of things, uh -huh. and then you're assigned. You get, like, a list. Here's the kids that lost a tooth. Go and, and collect the teeth and leave the money, and then you do that. And then at the end of your sentence, you realize, oh, tooth fairies are real because I've just had to be one for two weeks. And then you're released from duty, and you get to return to your normal life as a human. So when my um, when I was little... Uh, I think my my tooth fairy was bias. Mm. Yeah, because mm. I remember specifically I was with um, 
two of my best friends, their names were Ashley and Casey, and they were talking about how the Tooth Fairy had left them a dollar. And a I was dollar? Like, a dollar. I yeah. got a quarter for my yeah. teeth. So I was like, no, you're lying. <laughs> the Tooth Fairy only leaves quarters, you know, and, you know, yes. about, what am I, seven, six, something yes. like that? Yes. No, the Tooth Fairy only leaves quarters. Mm. That's it. Tooth Fairy only leaves quarters. And so I was, like, in shock because I was thinking, what am I, a horrible child that the Tooth Fairy is dipping me out yeah. of 75 cents? Yeah. You know, because these, you That's know, friends That's a serious concern. Yeah. It, like, yeah. I only and got quarters also. I'm now... Wondering why my tooth fairy was so hateful. So we were actually, I don't know what it was, but it was some church activity. Actually, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I'm pretty sure once I started losing some molars, my tooth fairy left half dollars. They were cool. I anyway. think, yeah, I think tooth fairies do give more for, like, the big teeth. Yes. Um. So, okay, so my tooth fairy, so we were talking about our tooth fairy experience, and we were at some buffet. I don't know why, but we were. It was some church Maybe activity. Maybe to eat food. Yeah, it was some church activity. And so there's this old lady in our church. Her name's Mrs. Silva. And Mrs. Silva was the sweetest old lady. Like, I, she probably wouldn't like me calling her old. But in my mind, mm-hmm. she was like an old grandma. She was just really awesome. She's the old black lady who used to go to our church. And she was like the grandma of the whole church. Um, and she came up. She heard our conversation. We're sitting, you know, we're sitting at the kids' table. And she hears the conversation of us three talking about the tooth fairy. And I'm like, no way, guys. Tooth Fairy, you're lying. The Tooth Fairy only gives a quarter. And they're like, no, you must have done something bad. You know, and now the, the girls are like, they're two of, my, two of my best friends, but they're like, no, something happened where you didn't deserve the extra 75 cents, and that's why the Tooth Fairy didn't get it. This is a deep theological Very discussion. You know, yes. Very deep theological. theological. And mm-hmm. so my, um, my Mrs. Silva said, Oh, Hope, I'm so sorry. Like in the middle of our conversation. Hope, I'm so sorry. I didn't. Um, I'm so sorry. I forgot to give this to you earlier. You see, the Tooth Fairy, the Tooth Fairy, you were in the last house the other day. The Tooth Fairy didn't realize that uh, because you lost your tooth later that in the day that you were going to be on her list. So the Tooth Fairy dropped by my house and gave me a dollar to give to you. So here's the dollar from the Tooth Fairy. And I was like, what? <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> and then I was like, I got a dollar and a quarter from the Tooth Fairy. Because <laughs> I added it up. Yes. And I was good. like, so now. You guys are the ones that got you. <laughs> you guys got you. I got the dollar and the quarter. It's a really nice thing that Miss Silva did. Wow. Yeah, I bet. See, I bet she went to the Tooth Fairy training. That's probably very she true. She probably spent a couple weeks as a Tooth Fairy. So there's this old Disney Channel original movie called The Tooth Fairy. Before Depp Ben Diesel. It was with the lady. Who's the lady who plays the fat actress? I need to see her. <laughs> what? The, what? The, the fat actress. That's like an old TV show in the 90s. <laughs> she's really pretty. Got great hair. That yeah, would never fly in today's world. Just FYI. Oh, well, she did. She so played, triggered. She played the the fat actress. And she oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Uh, Christy Alley. Christy Alley, yes. And she has really pretty hair, very pretty smile. Anyway, this is when this was before she played the fat actress because she was skinny in this movie. Do now oh. Google Christi Alley uh, Tooth Fairy. Tooth Fairy right. movie. 
Okay, so she she made this old Disney Channel original movie, and I'm not sure why. Toothless. Uh, toothless. Oh, it's so good. Faith and I. Okay, so Faith my parents. Is your sister. Yes. All right, you got to tell the story quick because we're almost done. My sisters and I were, our TV show watching was very limited. We were only allowed to watch certain things. And for some reason, so certain Disney Channel movies we weren't allowed to watch, but certain ones we were. Uh-huh. And this one we were. And I'm not kidding. Every single time it came on and every single time that it was advertised, we were like, oh, Toothless is coming on. And Faith and I loved this movie. Like, it's hilarious. It's a hilarious movie. It's so funny. At least it was to my little eight-year-old self. So. Yes. I actually, I'm, now I'm distracted by the, by the pictures. Because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw this movie. I don't even remember it. I remember her as the tooth fairy. And I remember him, the kid, that's in it. But I don't remember how it goes. Maybe we'll have to, uh, I th- find it on something and watch it sometime. I think she, like, dies and becoming a tooth fairy she wasn't good enough to go to heaven but she w- i think it's like a purgatory thing oh wow like she's not good at, yeah so the wow. theology is off let's let that out yeah so this is not necessarily a movie we're recommending for your children yes we're just saying that our pastor lets his children watch <laughs> it <laughs> so like she, she can't go to heaven it's a silly movie so she yeah. can't go to heaven so she has to serve some good deed here on earth and so they're given all of these these things that they Yes, and what's humorous about it is that before she dies and is not able to enter heaven, she was a dentist. Yes. So that's why her her purgatory is teeth-related, yes. I believe. I think there's a lot, like, there's a lot of... But in case anyone's wondering, we don't actually believe in purgatory. No, yes, I don't believe in purgatory. You get one chance, yeah, heaven or hell, call on Jesus. And if believe you believe in Jesus, and grows you're again. on your way to heaven... No, no tooth fairy land needed for you. No, that was all just silly because we were we started out the show. If you're just tuning in, um, we started out the show with on really really serious stuff today, so we needed to to switch it up a little bit. And actually, did you know, Hope, what that now we make podcasts of the show? Not <laughs> every day though, not every day because we still want people to tune in live. So when I won't they can. be one of them. No, actually, you will. Today's show is going to be a podcast, so people can find it. You will actually be on but you're probably already on because you do that idea talks thing. But anyway, you oh can yeah, find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Just Google, not Google, search in their search bar, The Frittle Show, and you can download past episodes of the show, including today's show, which if you're listening to it as a podcast, it is now a past episode. Can I say something? We're in the future in the past. Is what? that cool? Wow, what am I doing right now? I don't know. Well, right now I'm just sitting here playing with my nails and looking at my ring. Did you know I get married in 10 days? I do. Did you know that we have to go now? Okay, but can I get, give everybody my wedding hashtag? Sure. My wedding hashtag is Tice Turning Subtle. Tice Turning Subtle. Tice That's turning so subtle. subtle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting married in 10 days. In 12 days, I'll be having my reception here at the church, and everybody is invited. Everyone in Las Vegas? I would Vegas? love everyone to come. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I leave the day after the day after the reception. I am gone, and I honestly, like without a joke, have no idea when I will be coming back to visit. So this is yeah. a goodbye. This is a once in a lifetime chance to say goodbye. Yes, to hope. this is my goodbye. So if you are around, I would love for you to come and say goodbye to me. If if you know me, even if you don't, come <laughs> say goodbye. <laughs> It'll be a blast. All right, you're listening to KVXL LP. Las Vegas. Thanks to those of you listening on the 405 media.com as well. 
great to have you. Today's programming is brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts. Fundraising opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round. They can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. If your educational, religious community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals, Krispy Kreme can help. Yummy. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use. You can visit KrispyKreme.com slash fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KBXL programming. Do the donut dance. All right. I'm about to turn off your microphone because we're actually out of time. Like, totally. Yeah, so I'm going to turn mine off, too, because we're going to play Hillsong at the cross. Wait, wait, wait. Can you play another song? Did you have a request? A Thousand Years by Mark Schultz. A Thousand Years by Mark Schultz. Let me see if I have it in my library. Hold, please. Or A Thousand Miles by Mark Schultz. Let's see. It's either A Thousand Years or A Thousand Miles by Mark Schultz. A Thousand Miles. Yep. We've got it. Let's see. It's a love song. It's a love song? Yeah. I'm getting married, so I thought it was appropriate. Well, I hope it is appropriate. It better be appropriate because we're about to go out on radio. Woo-woo! Here we go. Mark Schultz, A Thousand Miles. We'll see you back here.